I, uh, I don't know how you follow those kids. Uh, only way I know is get your Bible out, right? <laughs> Amen. Second, uh, Second Thessalonians, if you would, please. Chapter 2. I told Brother Jeremiah, you know, preachers, when you're doing funerals, uh, I've had preachers come up to me and say, what are you going to be reading from and stuff like that and not wanting to duplicate, you know, uh, at a funeral or something like that. And anyway, I was uh, listening to the message this morning and I told my wife, I said, uh, I said, Jeremiah's preaching everything that I got planned for tonight. And it's kind of a creepy feeling. And so what do you do? Do you just chicken out and go find something else? Or do you, or do you just share the message? So you're going to get a little bit double of what you got this morning. And uh, we had been in, in our Sunday school class. We had uh, um, tried to support the efforts of the church and the series that Brother Jeremiah has been doing on the falling away. And so we've been covering that a little bit in Sunday school the last couple of Sundays. And um, so... Tonight, we're going to go right back to these verses to where uh, all this comes from, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 1 down through verse 3. So if you'd stand just for a few moments, and after I pray, you can be sit right back down. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you, God, for the opportunity uh, to be able to share the word. We, I thank you, God, for what you sent me and what you burdened my heart with. And Lord, we thank you for the church, and we thank you for the good things that are being done here. And Lord, we, just, we need your help tonight. I need your help. And Lord, I ask for it. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would anoint my heart and my mind, that I might say what needs to be said. And Lord, there may be somebody here tonight that's very close to hell. There may be somebody here tonight, all of us, that uh, just really need to get a grip on the day and hour that we live. And whatever it may be, I pray that your will will be done. And pray that you bless the invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, the Bible, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ideas about uh, a lot of things and uh, uh, end-time events, and everybody's kind of got their little tweak on it. I try to stay with the Bible. I, used to, I got a bunch of books, many of them I've never read, about uh, eschatology, and many of them I use for just kind of reference books. I look back to the back to where the verses are when I'm trying to study out something. But here lately, at this point in my life, I find it's just really good, just open your Bible. And read it, ask God to speak to you, connect the verses, and a good old reference Bible. But the Bible gives specific signs, and I'm going to rerun just a little bit of what Brother Jeremiah has been sharing the last few weeks. But the Bible gives specific signs or clues to the end of the world. It's coming. It's going to happen. Uh, most everybody won't realize it's going to happen. They won't be prepared that it's going to happen. Jesus told us that before he left here. That'd be like the days of Noah that people didn't know until it started raining. You know, it had never rained before. And Jesus was asked a question by his disciples in Matthew 24 and verse 3. And the question was this. What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Now, we understand that the end of the world, there's a whole lot of things that can mean. But it, here it means the end of the church age. And if you're saved here tonight, that means that you and I will be gone in the rapture. 
And so there's some events here. Um, the end of the world, the end of the church age. It will conclude with the rapture. Jesus again in Matthew chapter 24. And I could quote a lot of verses here tonight about this. But Jesus himself said, And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. He talks about one being, uh, two being in the field, one taken, one left. Two women grinding at the mill, one taken and one left. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Uh, that's when Jesus comes as far as the clouds in the rapture. This begins a seven-year period of the rise of the Antichrist. You know, for centuries, people have been asking and trying to identify who the Antichrist is. And every time somebody comes along and... and uh, but this seven-year period of tribulation, the rise of the Antichrist tribulation period, the seven-year period ends with the Battle of Armageddon. I've read to where there's been 34 major battles fought on that field of Megiddo over there in Israel. And, and I've got, matter of fact, I've got a book ordered coming uh, where a guy has written about all those 34 battles from history and Josephus and other, other writings, and I'm, I'm anxious to get that book and read about it. And so after the seven-year period ends with the Battle of Armageddon, it'll usher in the millennial reign. And for everybody that's saved, we'll be there in that millennial reign. And there's so many things we could say about that tonight, but I'm glad I can be there. I'm glad it ain't based on how much hair I got, how good I look, how well I speak, or anything else. It's, it's based on the shed blood of Christ, me realizing I was a sinner one day, and, and, and God so graciously saved me. And my name's in the book, amen? You may not like my tone or anything else, but my name is in the book, and I'm glad I'm going, and I'm going to be there. And so as we come down through the line and look at this, these verses we just read talks about an occurrence that will precede the Antichrist and also precede the rapture. And you know what it is? It's been preached about several times over the last few weeks. And it says in verse 3, it says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that shall not come... You know, the revealing of the Antichrist. You know, he could be alive today. Yeah, he could be walking around. I mean, uh, who, know, who knows? But the Bible says that there, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That comes from several words in the Bible. You know, we use the word apostasy. That means defection from the truth. Now, hang on to that, because we're going to talk about this in a, in a few moments. Defection from the truth. In other words... You knew the truth, but you fell away. You defected from it. There's a few other words, the root words that comes from that, and the word separate and the word withdraw self. And if you dig a little farther in it, you'll find that even the word, it relates to divorce away from God. Paul said in 1 Timothy 4, 1, he said, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. 2 Timothy 4, 3, it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. I would mentioned in the class this morning, talking about the falling away. Um, at my age, and uh, been born in the, in the 50s, and what I've seen as a kid, and through grade school and the different things, I had a list of things that I'd mentioned that I believe the falling away really began to take place in earnest after World War II, and I'm not going to bore you with all the comments that I'd made in, in the Sunday school class. And so it's, I believe it's been going on for a long time with all the things going on. And, uh, uh, but it's something that, that God gives as a time marker that this has got to happen 
before the end of time happens. Jesus said several times in Matthew chapter 24, he said, watch and be ready. Watch and be ready. And so tonight, I would just like to give you a little encouragement about this. Defending Against the Fall has been the series that Brother Jeremiah preached. That happens to be the, uh, the title of the message, Defending Against the Fall. We want to watch. We want to know what to watch for. And if you're watching, boy, you're seeing a lot, right? If you're watching, you're seeing a lot. And so, but here's what you need to really watch. Not just what's going on in the world, but what's going on in the church. Or not going on in the church. And that's where the fall is going to happen. Lady got saved uh, this, uh, this past week. My wife had talked to while we were visiting uh, someone that was very ill, uh, dying of cancer. And she told my wife, she said that uh, she'd been going to, going to church basically all of her life. Goes to church every Sunday. And uh, my wife asked her, said, are, are you saved? And she said uh, back to my wife, she says, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. No, I'm not. Could you imagine going to church regular and going to church for a long time and being lost? Don't you have to wonder what's going on in that church? I'm not here to badmouth other churches tonight. But this falling away, this falling away, you have to be somewhere in the truth and the knowledge of the truth and the practice of the truth and the faith in the truth to fall away from it. So we need, to, we, we need to watch out what's going on in the church. We need to watch what's going on in our hearts and minds and be aware because Jesus wants us to watch and be ready. So there's a few things I want to share with you about this. And um, there's a few passages of Scripture I want to quote. But here's my first thought. This falling away, it begins by looking back. By looking back. I got a verse. You have to excuse me. Ever since COVID, uh, you know, the sinus stuff, uh, the cough. I never wanted to be in the COVID alumni, and it wasn't by choice. It snuck up on us. But listen to this verse in Hebrews chapter eleven, fifteen. Who knows about Abraham? Amen? Uh, in, in Hebrews, it talks about Abraham, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. It begins in verse 8 and goes down through about uh, several verses, about 10 verses. But here's the verse I want to share with you. This falling away, it begins by looking back, by looking back. And in verse 15 in Hebrews chapter 11, and truly, talking about Abraham and his family, that group of, of faithful folks there, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. Where did they come from? Well, they came from Ur the Chaldees. Abraham was carried, you know, with his grandfather and some of his other family up to Haran, and, and then eventually they made it their way down uh, uh, into the promised land. And, and the Bible says about Abraham, if they had been mindful of that country, heathen practices, lost people, Christ rejectors, you know, uh, Noah is supposed to have settled up there at Mount Arad, and they kind of migrated down through there. Uh, and there's some neat things to read about that. But it begins by looking back. It begins by looking, looking back at who we were before we got saved, the, the world that we lived in, all the things that were precious to us. It begins by, by looking back. And so I say this to you with that, don't look back. Don't look back. Brother Jeremiah shared some things along this line earlier this morning. Again, the word mindful means to exercise memory. There's a lot of things I'd like to forget. Amen? 
You know, the, uh, I, don't, I think the, the devil and the flesh, they get together and they bring those things up that, that maybe they were your past or maybe it was something that you saw or maybe it was something that you heard. And, you know, I, I don't like to hear about garbage. I've got to word. listen, if, if I don't need to know, don't tell me. If I can help you and be a blessing, good, share it. Uh, but it, but it, listen, I don't want to hear garbage just to hear garbage, right? And with all the stuff that's going on, the things of the news, and we broadcast all this stuff all over the place, and everybody learns all this stuff, and everybody wants to be uh, have that moment of uh, fame, 15 minutes of fame, and all this copycat garbage that's going on. But mindful means to exercise memory, thinking about our lost past. The Bible says if Abraham and his group had been mindful, if they went back in their memory and thought about what life was like, they would have had the opportunity to go back. So there, there's the opportunity of the falling away, thinking about our life before we got saved, that lost world. Um, looking back does this. Looking back triggers the fall tendency. Looking back triggers the fall tendency. You ever thought just for a second you were going to do something for a few minutes and... and uh, Maybe flip the television on or something to watch something just for a minute. You know, you're not going to stay up to midnight. Then you flip it on at 10 o'clock, and next thing you know, it's midnight. And you've, 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 you know, just a little taste of it. And so looking back triggers the fall tendency. It's, it's all documented through the Bible, the Old Testament, uh, the Old Testament saints, the, the Israelites. Every time something, they, they had this tendency to get a longing to go back to Egypt. Amen. Egypt, Egypt represents sin. When you go south, when you go back, and that's that falling away. Every time something happened that it was kind of tough, you know, being a child of God, you know, say, hey, let's get somebody to head up a group and let's head back, right? Let's get a committee and head back to Egypt. And God, all those 400 and something years, and, and God had, had sent Moses and got him out of there. So looking back triggers this fall tendency that's in all of us. Folks, listen, it's in all of us. We're never going to grow out of it. We're going to be raptured out of it. Amen. It's going to be left behind. Looking back also weakens our Christian character. <sighs> Isn't it awful? Looking back weakens our Christian character. Jesus said this himself in Luke 9, 62. And Jesus said unto them, No man having put his hand to the plow, and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. We lose character. We lose part of that Christian standing character. Amen? We, uh, Mom and Dad, you want to you build young men, gentlemen, and young ladies, right? We wanna be, and we want to build with character. We don't want to build cardboard cutout figures, right, that blows over with the wind. Amen? We want, we want, we want uh, to raise kids that will stand, that will be there. And looking back... Looking back weakens our Christian character. Jesus says you're not fit for the kingdom of heaven. We look back and we think about, and you know how your mind works. And this is not just exclusive for adults. You kids know what I'm talking about. There's things that, that, that perhaps you may have been involved in or you thought or you saw somewhere. Isn't that awful? Uh, innocent kids, they get around other kids and they hear or see something they shouldn't hear or see. And it's stuck there in their head. Isn't that awful? Mom and dad, be careful. Do a good job. This is for keeps, amen? So we see this thing, it, it begins, this falling away by, by looking back. And I say don't look back. And we see these, uh, that looking back triggers uh, that fall tendency in us. And then looking back weakens our Christian character. And we become vulnerable. 
vulnerable. You know, there's some, since we've been here at the church, we've met some families, we've, we've met some folks that have come, and we've met some, uh, some folks that maybe had a few problems, and, and, and there's some folks that uh, uh, a couple years ago when we came here, uh, they're not here. You become vulnerable. Looking back weakens our Christian character. Like what Joshua said when he was about to go off the scene in, in Joshua 24, 15. It says, if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers, you served on the other side of the flood, the other side of Euphrates, over in the Ur of the Chaldees, or the gods of the Amorite in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. I was reading back through the book of Genesis the other day. It's amazing what you can kind of pick up, amen, uh, even when you're dumb. You, you know, you read things in succession, and then things begin to fall into place. Then you learn another piece. And, and, and I told somebody the other day, one of the saddest parts in the Bible, particularly in the book of Genesis, is when Rachel died. She was expecting Benjamin. And they were on their way back to where God wanted them to be, and, and, she, and she died giving birth. If you'll read in that same chapter, you'll find out that Jacob told all of his household to pluck off all the strange gods that they had and get rid of them. And they buried them under an oak tree. Here Rachel is at the end of her life. Sin leaves a powerful legacy. And that just kind of, you know how things just kind of jump out to you? And I've read that so many times before. All the way from the Ur of the Chaldees. Generation after generation after generation after generation to come through. And, and hear this, uh, uh, this sweet young lady, Rachel, uh, Jacob's wife, and, and how God had blessed them. And, and here she is still toting around uh, those false gods uh, that she got from her dad, that he got from her dad. And, and back and back and back and back. And so first here this evening, defend against the face, it, it begins by looking back. It's a real deal, folks. By looking back at our lost life, at the lost world that God saved us from. So I say, number one, don't look back. Amen. Don't look. Keep going. Don't look back. Amen. Uh, we, had, uh, we were at uh, my wife. We, we went to get some lunch real quick. You know how it is leaving here and trying to get to a place that you can get in to get some food. And we live a long way from here. And. We went over to Peppers. We kind of figured out where you can get in and where you can't get in. Sometimes you can get into a nice place, sometimes you can't. And, and so we were going to sit outside. You know, air conditioning was just so cold and, and it was cloudy. So we were going to sit outside, and, and we did. And some of the awfulest, awfulest rackets, somebody over there, they were just, uh, you know, just saying just bad things this way. And, man, I, I was expecting to have to get down to when I heard a, heard a shot by, uh, uh, it was just such violent conversation, just awful things. And, and it's the kind of words that you just, and it just, you know what I'm saying? And it gets in there, and you have to get it, you have to get it, it's just horrible things. So don't look back. It begins by looking back at who we used to be, our lost, our lost life, who we used to be in this world. But notice the second thing. And this is neat because we can do that. I know you believe this because it's in the Bible, that God cannot lie. Isn't that great? I got a whole book full of, uh, of God's words and, and other words, but all the words in here of God always promises. So here's what, here's what we need to do. The second thing is we need to claim the promise of a sound mind. Wow. You ever get to a point you think you're losing your mind? I, t <laughs> I had a, 
I broke my shoulder in 08, and they had to go in there, and they couldn't do it, what they call it, uh, laparoscopic. Is that what they call it, when they stick the three prongs in there? So they just kind of cut me from here down through here. And it was, uh, by the way, it was in the cleaning out the girls' swimming pool girls. So, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, and bones. And they, they, they put all that stuff together, and my arm was, was secured like this for two months in this position. Couldn't move it. And then when I couldn't move it, it took six months of therapy to get to where I could move it. And now I throw like a sissy with my, <laughs> that's just awful, you know. You got to camp for kids and you, and you throw like a girl. And um, anyway, um, claiming the promise of a sound mind, they gave me medicine. And there was uh, a couple of different pain pills. I'd never taken pain pills before. And, uh, man, I didn't have a sound mind, I want to tell you. The first 24 hours, that block that they give you, you know, and it's, it's where you can't feel it. I mean, I was fine for 24 hours. After that, I didn't sleep in the bed for almost four months. I had to sleep on a mattress sitting on the floor, leaning up against the chest of drawers with about seven pillows behind me to where I could actually try to get some sleep. And so during that period of time, I told my wife, I said, There's, uh, I'm, a, I'm a spider. Um, I live up in the light fixture up in the ceiling. And uh, we weren't getting along, you know, at that time. And I said, you're going to have to move downstairs. I mean, just, you know, some crazy stuff. And, and all the pain that I was in. And, and after three days of that, brother, I want to tell you what I did. I said, flush that stuff down the toilet. <laughs> and that was in 08. And I have, I, as best I know, I've never taken a pain pill since. I, I took Tylenol and ibuprofen, you know, when I had the COVID and the high fever. But I was not in, I didn't have a sound mind. So I gave you all that to, to show you that claim the promise of a sound mind. Now watch this. Here's the verse, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When you see somebody going down the road and they're in this lane and that lane, there's something wrong somewhere, right? I've, I've called the law on people before. I, and, I, you know, I hate to do that to somebody, but, you know, they're going to get hurt. They're going to hurt somebody else. And so God gives us, listen, Claim the promise of a sound mind. God says, I give you that when you get saved. I give you that, and that's yours, and you can have that. You can know what you're doing, and you can have discernment. Notice over in those verses that we read in Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and verse 2, it says that you be not soon shaken in mind. What's that about? It's because we, all the crazy things that was going on here and, and they thought, you know, Jesus uh, had come back and, you know, you got, the, you got this process of the rapture and the tribulation. Then you got the, the second uh, advent of the Lord. You got all that that's kind of put together. And so they were, they were shaking in mind. And I want to tell you something. If, you're, if your mind is not sound and solid and sure, you're going to have problems. And I think today... I think today a lot of Christians, a lot of moms and dads, and this is no insult, but, but God gives a plan here. He gives a plan for husband and wife. He gives a plan for, for mom and dad and raising the kids, and he puts a guarantee on it, and he says, this works if you'll do it. Amen. We need to lift up our voice about those promises. Amen. I didn't raise my kids for nothing. to just And all the work that I put into them to teach them and to show them. So the second thing we need to do during this time is Claim the promise of a sound mind. And that's simply a, a discerning faculty of discipline. I have to discipline myself every day. I couldn't tell you the last time I, I really went fishing. Some of the boys at camp, I don't see them here that like to fish. And we'd go out there and cast, throw a spinnerbait. And that's, 
you know, that's fishing, but it ain't really fishing. You know, throwing a spinnerbait just to catch a fish and that's fun. Just kind of reel them in, you take them off, throw them back. I'm talking about real fishing. We actually keep the fish and bring them home. And uh, uh, so a discerning faculty of discipline. In other words, you know, we don't do just what maybe we like to do, right? We, we don't just do what, you know, I want to make my child happy. So, you know, I want to do, I, I, there, I, I put some restrictions there uh, of things that I, that I should be doing that I'm not doing because I want my child to be happy. You're messing up. That's part of the falling away. <laughs> Amen. And uh, so this, this promise claiming of a sound mind, a discerning faculty of discipline. Romans 7.25, Paul said, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. We've got to know what's going on up here. Amen. Um, I visited a guy the other day. He's an older gentleman in his mid-80s, just a swell fella. He's been, had such a benevolent heart over the years. He's got a third-grade education. He can't read, but he operated a, a, a very a big business uh, got into it because he was a hard worker, and the guys, two guys that partnered with him, hired him because he was a hard worker, and he learned the business from the ground up. And he gets up every morning, him and his wife, early, and before they go out to the garden and doing stuff, and his wife, because he can't read, reads the Bible to him. And they enjoy it before they do anything, they have their devotion time. And today, I want to tell you, in mid 80s, he's got a sound mind. He says, Brother Jack, he says, I remember all this stuff back, you know. can tell you all this stuff back. But he says, sometimes I get out the front door and, and, and have to remember where I'm going. And I said, Brother Charles, I said, listen, uh, that's just a part of this body dying, the brain cells. Amen. And it happens to all of us. You probably ask this preacher right here behind me. He'll probably tell you he has those moments. I mean, we're not going to put them in the newspaper. But what the Bible is teaching us here is that sound mind. Paul says, he says, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, keeping track of what's going on. It's been mentioned several times here in the last few services, March 5, 15, the demoniac sitting clothed in his right mind. Who did that? God did that. Amen? And he can do that for anybody. Amen. The are you guys, anybody, that, I mean, God can do that. God wants to do that. Uh, God's happy to do that. But through faith, we develop that sound mind. We know what to do. We can make a clear spiritual call. The Bible says in Ephesians 6.13, it says, having done all to stand. Amen. Having done all to stand. I mean, man, we ought to want everything God's got for us. But I'm telling you what, you're not going to make it through this fall if you don't have a sound mind. A spiritual sound mind. And watch this, and you're able to push back against this garbage that's going on today. I don't want to be rude or mean. But I want to tell you, mom and dad don't love their kids up enough to train them up in the way. It's garbage. And they're going to have problems. Amen? Um, if you look at uh, Brother Jeremiah, he don't have any scars on him to where I beat him. Amen. I'm sorry that he's got that patch on the back of his head, but, you know, this is what he's going to look like in 20 years. <laughs> and that's, about, that's probably about the worst thing I ever did to him. You know, and that's in the DNA, and I couldn't do anything. My dad, isn't it awful? My dad had a full head of hair. And uh, I don't know where all this, all this came in. So the first thing, this falling away, it, it begins by looking back. And remember that call, that longing 
is in every saved person. It's there. So we've got to claim the promise of a sound mind. God gives us the tools we need to operate with the Bible. Amen? Listen, the Bible. Not things that people says comes out of the Bible, but the Bible. If you don't have a copy, get you a copy and read it. And, and you'll be in touch with God and the Holy Spirit will show you what you need to know and lead you in it. Because this is serious, folks. Watch and be ready, Jesus said. How many times did he say that? Watch and be ready. Dr. Lee Robertson, I mentioned this before one time here preaching that back in the, I want to say back in the early 80s, and he said America's laughing her way to hell. It's funny. It's funny. I mean, it ain't funny. They some mixed up folks, right? So, don't look back. Claim the promise of a sound mind. And thirdly, Brother Jeremiah mentioned this this morning, but I didn't change it. And I told him I wasn't going to change it. Maintain a productive purpose. Maintain a productive purpose. Sorry about that. <clears throat> I gave you the verse of Abraham, remember, in the beginning of the message? Abraham was going somewhere. Did you hear me? Abraham had been called by God. And he was on a mission. And he was going somewhere. He had a uh, productive purpose in his mind. He was doing what God wanted him to do, going where God wanted him to go, someplace he had never been before. Can you imagine? It's one thing packing up your whole house and, and, and calling in the movers and all this stuff, saying, man, I'm, I'm taking a job. And somebody said, well, where are you taking the job at? I don't know uh, where the job's at. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I don't know what I'm going to get paid. And, and matter of fact, said, well, where is it? Well, I don't know exactly where it's at. Uh, I'm going to find out when I get there. Well, that fellow, he may, he may want to have a talk with somebody with a responsible mind, but he had a sound mind. <laughs> Maintain a productive purpose. Abraham was headed somewhere. The Bible says that, that he saw the promises of God. Watch this. He says, having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. He saw the promises of God. I mean, folks, uh, uh, who, who would give your right arm for that? To, be, to have such a relationship with God that God would call you and give you a specific direction of what He wanted you to do with your life. And then you had the faith to get up and go and you didn't know where you were going. Sounds silly to a lot of people in the world, wouldn't it? But He did it. And He passed it on to the next generation and passed it on to the next generation. This guy had something. This guy had something. He maintained a productive purpose. He was headed somewhere. He saw the promises of God. Brother Jeremiah mentioned this morning, it's right there on that board. Jesus, he said, I must work the works of him that sent me. I must work the works of him that sent me. Get a load of this one. Mischief generates in an idle mind. I didn't read that somewhere. I figured that out myself. Mischief generates in an idle mind. A mind, a body that is not about something that's productive. I teach my grandkids, and they, they, they love to come over because of the swimming pools. They were over three days this week, and uh, 
Anyway, had a good time. The, the, the rain has made the water real cold. Oh, they, I just love to watch them. They jump over there, <gasps> trying to catch their breath. <clears throat> and I'm trying to teach them this process of productivity. That your mind needs to be about something more than just having fun. It's not a big amen one, is it, today? That's part of the falling away. And I said, I said you, it's okay to have a good time, but you, at somewhere you need to get in the, in, in the business of, of producing something and, and wanting to do something with your hands. Hey, and wanting to pay your way. Hey, and wanting to pick up behind yourself and take responsibility for your actions. All of those things that made good citizens in America 200 years ago. There. Maintain a productive purpose. Mischief is generated in idle mind. But Jeremiah mentioned this, this, this morning, and, and we quote this a lot. The worst day in David's life was the day that he was idle. What can you say to that? Because we need to be somewhere productive where God has called us what he wants us to do, but we're goofing off. Now, you can have talked, Brother Jeremiah, sometimes. Man, I said, what kind of dad did you have? We went fishing. We did dumb stuff sometimes. They did dumb stuff sometimes. Uh, I laughed at it sometimes, and I spanked them sometimes. Maintain a productive purpose. Mischief generates in an idle mind. Proverbs 18.2. I'm getting down to the end. Proverbs 18.2. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. That his heart may discover itself. Everything is generating now from the government, from Washington, D.C., I mean, even in the medical field, and everything is about people being happy, people not being offended. I like to be happy and I like not to be offended. My wife has a problem with offending me once in a while. <laughs> and the tough thing about that, you know, neither one of us backs up usually. And we have to have these, this kind of verbal, mini-verbal mini con conflict. And, and then after it's all over with, you know, you just, what happened here? <laughs> you know, I, I usually try to blame it on the devil uh, in her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but, but an idleness, watch this. I'm about done. Idleness. I love kids. And I've proved that I love kids the last 30 years. Uh, some of these kids look at me, they don't even have to even say, what do I, I think about that guy? You know, I try to smile at them once, I try to shake their hands. <laughs> They're like this, you know. And uh, I'm not packing. But I love kids. But I want to love them the right way. And I want to Camp's all about having a few moments with kids to where they're in a good setting to where you can plant some seeds. We discovered that 30-something years ago, didn't we, son? In Seminary, Mississippi. I said, man, we've got to have one of these. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. That last part of that verse in Proverbs 18, too, that heart wanting to discover itself, how can I say this? But let me try to say it, and I'll give you the last thing. 
or the last part of the last thing. I believe parents love their kids today as much as they always did. But I believe there's a handicap in trying to navigate loving your kids in the world today. And that's part of the falling away, that things have been changed. And, and how many of you boys, you know, um, would like to just take off and not go to school tomorrow and go fishing, man, and, you know, and then maybe you'd go, be able to go swimming and doing some stuff like that, you know? And, yeah, amen, it, you know, and, 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 and that's the exaggerated contrast. But what I'm trying to show you here is the gauntlet's been let down, the security gauntlet of Christianity with this, this idleness and not maintaining a productive purpose. And so a fool has no delight in understanding. There's much more. But that his heart may discover itself. You know what that is? This is an avoidable tragedy looking for a place to happen. Did you hear what I just said? A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself something new. Um, see these things right here? They're so very handy, aren't they? This thing, um, I mean, you can talk to them. They'll talk to you. And you can push buttons on this thing, and you can scroll up, and you can scroll down until your heart discovers itself. I've had some stuff come through here that I, I, I didn't want to see. But I, I just use this as an illustration to show you, scrolling through life, let my heart discover, finding something that, 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 that makes me happy. And, it, and it's not in that Christian sense. So this is an avoidable tragedy looking for a place to happen, mom and dad. I always got to throw something in with the kids. I was a kid once. I raised three and then many others of other parents. And I'm still a kid inside. You ought to come to our place sometime when it's just me and my grandkids. We have a big time. We have fun. So we've got this thing of looking back. That's where all this begins, looking back. Abraham was looking forward. He was headed towards where God wanted him to go. So don't look back. Number two, claim the promise of a sound mind. Be on line with God, amen? Be on line with God. Listen, if anybody's going to be embarrassed about you being on line with God, let it be them, right? Don't let it be you. Sound mind. I know what the Bible says. My mom and dad taught me. My preacher preached to me. My Sunday school teacher taught me. I've read it in my Bible. It's there, and I know it's true. And then thirdly, maintain a productive purpose, productive purpose in your life. I just love the uh, Daniel 1.8, don't you? He purposed in his heart. He purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. You can read the rest of it, but that goes, it goes with, that's the greatest purpose that we can have, that we want to be right with God above anything and everything. And could you imagine a, 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 a kid, an adolescent or a teenager or a college student or a young adult or a middle-aged adult or an older adult getting online with that? purpose in my heart that I would not defile myself so here tonight we're in the middle towards the end of the falling away I don't know everybody's got their best guess but I know this Jesus return can happen anytime now what I'm happy about is I'm ready I'm saved 
Are you? Are you? But I'll tell you something else. You know, I'd like for him, isn't it something you're telling him what you'd like God to do or not do? I'd like for God to wait a little bit. I don't think I've worked as hard as I need to work. I'd like to be more productive. You say, at your age? Yeah, you'll get there one day if the Lord tarries. So I share this with you tonight. It's, it, 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 it's a Bible lesson. It's an encouragement, but it's also a warning. Jesus said, watch and be ready, for you know not what hour that the Lord comes back. So in the invitation tonight, you know, we've, just, we've seen a few things. A few things have been expounded upon. A few helper, helping things have been here. And we've talked about some things that are useful, and I think they're Bible things here tonight. So, you know, tonight in the invitation, we got an opportunity to say, to just honestly and sincerely, for the mom and dad to say, you know, I want to do the best job I can do with my kids. And then for the kids, you're part in all this. So we can be ready, right? Nobody knows the exact time or the day. Jesus gives a sign in here, the apostles, and they give, give, give quite a few things here tonight. So tonight during the invitation, you know, I don't know about you, but there's always some trash that needs to be taken out in my head. I don't know about you. Anybody get aggravated today? I can't hardly see you for these lights. Okay, I did. Appreciate y'all being honest. And uh, I had to take that trash out before I came to church tonight. Amen? And so I, I don't know, but God exposes things. God has blessed me so much listening to preaching of other men that exposed things in my life that I didn't see. And so tonight, there's the invitation. Let's pray. We stand to our feet. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, God, for loving us. And we just ask you, Father, to bless the invitation tonight. And, Lord, the Bible lesson that was shared about something that's true and something that's going to happen. And, Lord, I pray that in, in all of our hearts here tonight that, God, whatever we need to be ready, whatever's holding us back, uh, Lord, whatever's there that, that, that needs to be moved out, that's got our minds shaken, whatever we need to have a sound mind, whatever, wherever we need to start somewhere, uh, dear Lord, to, uh, uh, to be productive and not be idle, I pray you'd help us with that. We thank you now for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.